0: Hello and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I am pumped today because I have Christy Norman with me. And Christy was honored as the Forbes Trailblazer 40 Under 40 Wine Enthusiast. And she's also just a badass, like all around. We really have enjoyed our time getting to know each other better. And I'm excited for you guys to hear what she's up to and just to dive right in. So welcome, Christy. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and a little bit about what you've been up to these days and how you serve the community.
1: So I guess professionally by trade, I would be considered a sommelier, which is a wine connoisseur. Um, When I was about 19, I was working as a barback at a steakhouse and I really wanted to make more money and be a server. And so I started to learn about wine. And right after I turned 21, I passed the Court of Master Sommelier's level one uh, exam. And then I passed my certified level shortly thereafter. And I started working at Spago Beverly Hills, which is known for having one of the biggest wine lists in the world. So I applied there for 4 or 5 months and I had 6 interviews and I finally got hired. So I was 21. I you know got my dream job at the time. And then I was starting to look at other things. And I, I looked at my life and I said... You know i always thought that i wanted to be a wine director but actually a lot of the skill sets that i have didn't really align with that and i was a very i've always been a pretty creative person i did you know theater and i sang opera when i was younger i d- drove a motorcycle i always was kind of all over the place and i started to kind of shift into an entrepreneurial path and so i was still working at spago but i launched a line of drop shipping fun, geeky t shirts for wine people that exploded. That. Um, yeah. And then after that, um, I started creating these videos called Adulting with Alcohol. And it was essentially a mixture of wine education and comedy. They're still up on YouTube if you want to watch them. But essentially, I, I realized, okay. yeah, <laughs> I realized that wine education and income were not proportionally linked. So, what I mean by that is like when you be- get really rich or something, you don't, like absorb all this wine information. Like nobody teaches it to you, right? And as I was working at you know one of the most expensive restaurants in Los Angeles, I looked around and you know I would talk to actual billionaires that didn't know anything about wine and didn't want to spend more than hundred dollars, and that's just how they felt about it, right? And oh, there was a lot of misinformation, and so. I wanted to teach behind a computer screen because if you're not, if you haven't seen what I look like, I am 5'2 and Asian and I was 21, you know, helping people find wine for their dinner that's, you know, between hundred and ten thousand dollars and 10000 was So right. I, wasn't, I wasn't exactly the, the package that you would, you know, you're expecting when you're talking to a sommelier, but, you know, I had a lot of knowledge. And I started, you know, using social media. And since I was doing these videos, everyone was kind of looking at me like, "Who's this chick? What is she doing?" I did a bikini competition, actually. No um, way. Yeah, when I was <laughs> when I got hired at Spago, I was in the middle of training because I thought that I wasn't going to get hired, and so I was like, "Well, you know, let me just start this prep for the bikini competition." So my first, you know, two months at Spago, pretty much I couldn't even drink wine. Like I couldn't swallow any wine. I had to spit every single ounce of. These cool wines that you know you read about and stuff. But yeah, I just didn't really feel fulfilled. And I realized that the videos that I was making were catered more towards wine people because you need to have vocabulary set up for you, right? Like if you're not a wine drinker, you're not going to understand every single thing in the video. So I realized that I needed to really break it down and start people from the beginning. You know, if I if my intention was actually to get people to understand wine and get them comfortable to like jump into a certification program or jump into you know reading or or exploring on their own by buying wine, like I needed to provide a foundation. And so, um, about three years ago, I announced on my Instagram and I said that I wanted to build an online wine course that was like a driver's ed course for wine, and I wanted a million people to take it. And um, that's
0: so good. Yeah. yeah,
1: And I didn't have any money really. You know, I had about $15,000 in my savings. And, you know, (laughs) I just basically spent everything that I had to create this course. You know, I had a lot of help from wine educators, from people that I really respected, my mentors. And it took about a year to create all of the content. We filmed it, it was like a movie studio set. And we built a custom website because I wanted very specific features on it. So like if you imagine like a driver's ed course, you know, you take, you watch a few videos and you have to take a quiz in order to like move on stuff like that. Right. And so I, and I, there's a worksheet with every single video. There is a comprehensive exam. You actually get a little certificate and a graduation pin when you pass. And so, you know, I launched that almost a year ago, I think now, and it's been really successful. When the pandemic hit, I founded a charity called the United Sommeliers Foundation, and we have raised almost a million dollars and distributed to wine professionals in financial need. And that so, has been so yeah.
0: important right now because yeah. even if people wanted to go out and consume and participate, we just can't, you know. So I think that's amazing that you're giving back to the community in that way.
1: Yeah. Well. Honestly, we as wine professionals, we, we always have these cool opportunities to, you know, apply for an enrichment trip, which is like a visit a wine region. And so people see Psalms and see kind of like this glamorous lifestyle, like they're drinking, you know, expensive bottles of wine and they think that, you know, we make a lot of money or whatever. And some wine professionals absolutely do make a lot of money. But I would say most people at the restaurant level, you know, they're paid like servers. Like maybe they're paid a little bit more, but it's more of like a tip sort of situation in some way. And so it really was a challenge um, to get people to see that, you know, sommeliers are the first to be cut when the restaurant gets slow and the last to be hired back because it's like, it's kind of like a non essential role, if that makes sense, as long as there's somebody buying the wine do right. you really need a floor sommelier that's like assisting in wine sales not maybe not during a pandemic you know i think that's reasonable but we wanted to create some sort of structure and there we're the only you know organization that i know of you know having been in the wine industry i'm 26 now so you know, five years that I've been here, I haven't seen any other organizations that provide financial relief. And so that was very important, I think, to not only be here for the pandemic, but also have something that's long lasting. So when the fires happened, you know, in Northern California, you know, we were providing fire relief, right? I mean, we still are, we still kind of in motion. But we needed to figure out something that so we could take care of our people going forward and create, you know, some sort of, like just cushion for, for all of our lives, I think that it's important to have you know organizations that help with mental health or you know yeah. sexual assault and there's so many other avenues that we don't necessarily do right now, right? We are about financial relief, but there are
0: so many other avenues to explore. What's really great is it's so specific, right? I mean this is for people in your industry to help financially in different ways. And if we all, if we all in different industries were able to take care of our own people in that way, I think it would be such an amazing ability to build community in that way. You know what I mean? So I think it's, I applaud you and applaud the people in your organization for just recognizing that. Society is not going to see what's actually happening on the inside with this pandemic and what's actually happening in real life for people, for the Psalms that are out there. And you guys have to take care of yourselves, basically, because not everybody else is going to understand that that's, what's happening. You're not hiding in the like French Alps, you know, like with your wine. Exactly. Ha 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 ha. You know, like you're actually suffering. People are on unemployment. They are trying to figure out legitimately how they're going to pay their rent this month, you know? So I think that that's an amazing, you know, just venture to take on right now to really, really take care of your industry and the people that you care about.
1: Yeah. Well, honestly, it, was kind of necessary because I also started a tasting group for professionals 3 years ago when I was at Spago and we did it in person, you know, for two and a half years. I would host. We do this thing called blind tasting where you sit down and there're six glasses that are poured in front of you, so they're pre-poured, you don't know what they are, and you have 25 minutes or 4 minutes and 10 seconds per wine. To logically deduce where the wine is from, what it is, how old it is, everything, right? And so we do this like training for higher level exams. It's very common in our industry. And so I have been hosting master classes and blind tasting every single week. And so you know I started with about eight people three years ago, and now we've grown to almost 400 people that have come to our tasting group events. Like literally from all the way from San Diego up to Santa Barbara, people will will. Come for our events and stuff. And with the pandemic, you know, everyone was was very lost. And I was kind of like the organizer of all these events. I was the organizer of the events, and and it was all just you know to have this community. And so we actually shifted virtually. So after I was setting up the foundation for the first couple months, and then I think it was in late April or May, I launched virtual tasting group, which is essentially siphoning out one seven fifty milliliter bottle. So like a standard bottle of wine is seven fifty. And I can get little two ounce bottles and I can get 11 and a half pours out of one bottle of wine. So 11 and a half tastes. So every week... That's like commitment. (laughs) Yeah. No. And so I have mentors, a different mentor every week. And with Zoom, it's actually been the biggest blessing ever because in order for me to bring a cool mentor... And have them in person, like they would need to be visiting LA or already live here. But now, because of Zoom, I literally overnight a little flight of wine, overnight it to a mentor. And this guy in New York, who nobody's ever met, but is like a master psalm, is in the same room tasting the same wines over Zoom with them. And then not only that, we did master classes too. I was like, oh, can I do master classes? So literally, I will sit outside. I have basically like a drive-through, okay? People pick up a little bag of wines where I'm like... I have a little ice chest outside and an hour pickup window. And then we also partnered with retailers like all around the city. So LA is really big. And so people will drive the bottles like to different drop-off locations or pickup locations so that people can pick up their wine. And we actually had a masterclass with 78 people... And it was one of the... It was Wines of Alsace, which is a super geeky region, but like Psalms are obsessed with it, with like the winemaker of one of the best wineries like in France on the call. And it was like, it was so amazing. And it, and it really shows you, you know, we can create these amazing, incredible experiences. And it doesn't, you know, things are gonna look different, right? <laughs> it's yes. not gonna look the same, but it, I am not attached to the way that it looks. I'm only attached to the result that's all that I care
0: about. Well, so and I think That really speaks to your creativity. I mean, I think you, and maybe it is because you're younger coming into an industry where traditionally younger people aren't necessarily aggressively pursuing that. I wanted to go back to, and before I forget, I want to go back and just say like, I love how many times you applied for Spago. Like how... <laughs> <laughs> and like you were like actually fuck the shit I am gonna work there you guys just don't know it yet like you and actually you do because I've applied like 40 times but I'm not gonna actually leave you alone until I work here so yeah, I, I uh, love that <laughs> like that, yeah, I was, I was I love that I was super creepy
1: I was I was super creepy at first too. Like I went, I, so I lived um 45 minutes north of Spago in a, like a little suburb, and so I would like make a whole night of it, and I would drive down to Spago and sit at the bar and drink like the most expensive wine by the glass, and I Googled who the wine director is, who's now my boss, and. I, you know, looked at his face and I was like, okay, I think that's him. Okay, he's behind the bar. Like finally I caught him. And I had Googled him and I learned that he won this like really prestigious award called the Prix de Maurache. It's like basically the best burgundy list awarded outside of Burgundy, like Burgundy in France as a region, they like award it to a restaurant every year and they gave it to Spago that year. And he was just like, Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. How how, how did you know that? Wow, you know, he was super flattered. But my intro exam that I took, this guy, Chris Miller, who's a master SOM, he used to be the wine director there. And I was like, oh, there's this restaurant with that many... They had 20,000 bottles of wine. That's amazing. Like, I only want to work there. There was nowhere else in the entire vicinity of LA that interested me at all. And so... And what's funny too, is that the reason I got it was not actually because... Of all of my tenacity. It was because I was going, I got into a tasting group of really like high level wine professionals, and I was like just observing, but I would go there early and I would stay late to help clean up. And I was always just like really positive. And actually the guy who ran that group when I was like so frustrated, you know, he ended up calling my boss. He had never met him before, but they had been in the industry together for so long. You just like know about people. And he called and said like, you should hire her. And that's really how it all like fell into place. It was like not even my efforts necessarily at Spago. Like, yeah, it was the tenacity, but it was also like in tasting group, which is why I was like, tasting groups are really important. And that's why I wanted to create my own that was like really large because it's like an interview, you know, and it's like, anytime like this morning, I got an email from a writer and she was like, Hey, I need psalms for this. Like, can you help me find them? And it's just cool because I know everybody now, you know, and it is like an interview. And I know how people are like, based on the way they show up, you know, you can't fake it. Being on time for appointments, like you know, being in leadership, like volunteering and stuff. Like, there's a lot of things that we do together, and so I see them in all these different aspects. But that's why I needed to start the foundation. You know, I'm like I could I could feel, and, and that's why I wanted to start virtual tasting group too. It's just like everyone was very lost, and as soon as we got back into virtual tasting group, I could see them getting out of their shit. You know, and it was, and it, I was getting out of my shit too because it's yeah. hard just creating a charity. So I I do say this thing where. You know, when in doubt, focus out. Um, and I like that. It means, yeah, it means like when I'm in my shit, I need to 100% throw myself into the
0: service of others.
1: Yeah, and there is no possible way if you are 100% outside of yourself that you can be focusing on what's wrong with you or your life. That
0: is 100% true, and that's really my. That's like my mentality too, and with the pandemic and everything, I had to really switch gears because I think I told you like in 2019, I spent so much time like trying to figure out where I was going to land, like trying out all these different groups and traveling and going to different conferences and doing all these things. And I really lost touch with like the grassroots, just like having coffee with people and legitimately understanding about their business and how they need to be referred to. Like I like to ask people like, not only who is your ideal client but like what are they going to be saying like what would they be saying that i would know that that's the perfect person for you you know what i mean like you just have to like know what to ask and know how to give into that community even if it has nothing to do with what you are passionate about because you never know how it's all going to come back around and you also never know like how that person may be a blessing or you can be a blessing to them you know like absolutely there's been absolutely so many instances even recently i got invited into an organization called Alley to the Valley which is actually from california it's from silicon valley and the amount of just sheer feminine power in that room is mind blowing and like people asking like and i like i'm i'm so blessed cuz i was actually able there was somebody dropped out last minute and i was able to invite one of my friends and and she is wanting to write a book with a very very specific publisher and i won't ruin surprises but they like she listed it like we we have to stand up and ask for what we're looking for and she was like i am writing a book and i want to meet this person i want to Publish my book with this specific publisher. And then, like, there was this silence because it was, like, a bold ask. And then somebody was like, oh, wait, we know her. Like, yeah, we can totally make What? Yes, yes. yes, You have to ask. You have to put it out into the universe. exactly. I swear. Mm -hmm. And so I think the bottom line to that was that I really, really learned that you have to go back to what it is that, you know, what it is that connected you to your community in the first place. And it's not all about the sale. It's about, it's really, or, or even making money. It's about connecting to your passion connecting to what made you go into business in the first place. And then how can you serve others? You know what I mean? So I absolutely love everything about what you're doing because those things, you know, like the title of this podcast is dream, declare, deliver. And you have done all of those things. You know, you have, you have like really dreamed big and said like, these are the people that I want to work for. You know, you've declared that that is that is yours. You know what I mean?
1: I do this thing. I don't do it online or show people usually, but when I really want something, um, I close my eyes and I speak it into the world as if it's already happened.
0: I love And
1: that. yeah. And I, I wake up and I go through my day as if it already has happened and it really changes your mindset about everything because you stop thinking about what the obstacles will be. And you see, the path, and no matter what you do, no matter how many side steps you take or whatever it takes, like you're still gonna get there because that's yeah. that's the reality of what's happened. And ultimately, you know, for tasting group, I didn't make money on this at all for many many years. You know, I mean, it's been even with blind tasting, I do this all as a volunteer. Everything is a volunteer. Literally just this month, I started charging for the masterclass spots because I was hosting these giant masterclasses to honor some of the big distributors. Like we had a brand, co-brand Wine and Spirits. They donated 100000 dollars to my charity. That's and so I decided to host a big masterclass with over a hundred people on it to say basically that they to say that they donated that amount, right? And then I was getting so many PR companies reaching out to me because look, I have the wine directors of all of the most expensive restaurants in Los Angeles that they could never get an appointment with ever, you know? And so, and, and it's just about creating an opportunity. And now I can charge money for these masterclass spots because it is a lot to coordinate everything. It's a huge pain in my ass, but I'm also still providing free education And I'm only going with, you know, I'm not just selling my soul for these spots. It's really based on feedback that they have given me. So I'm huge on feedback for anybody who's listening that doesn't know what feedback is. It's like just asking for what can be improved or like what's in the way of your greatness. And so I try to be really intentional with people that I love. I expect that they give me feedback and tell me what's not working. And so in order to make that more comfortable for some people, I actually send out an anonymous feedback survey for my group members, and so um, a couple months into the this virtual transition that we went through, I sent back a feedback thing where they could rate their experience for all of these different aspects, and I asked them, "What do you want to learn about? What do you want? What regions do you want to learn about?" And so I'll choose from there because if I'm getting it more than one time, there's definitely other people that want to learn. And like for instance, like these are things again that I'm not interested in necessarily in. Like I was not interested in learning about the Finger Lakes wine region necessarily. It just never was something that. Excited me! I had some of the most the the fastest RSVPs I've ever had in my life. We had like sixty people RSVP in the first twenty four hours with that wanted wine, and it was incredible, you know. And it's just about like asking for what people want and delivering that. And again, it's like you can just can't be attached, right? And it was a wonderful experience, and I, I would have lost that opportunity to serve them had I not asked and listened, you know.
0: Agreed. And I think one of the things to just to bring this like down to even a smaller scale, like I have a very, very small group that I started for this podcast originally, but now I'm growing it into being more of a, like a landing pad for just people who are interested in doing business a little bit differently. And so it's called the client experience revolution. And then a couple of times I like asked for people for like feedback, like, but like specifically like, okay, this is what we've done on the podcast. Like what would you like to, you know, what kinds of things would you like on the podcast? And I really didn't get like a lot of response. Obviously, number one, it's a very narrow audience to start because just to start, you know, like a small group, but then somebody recommended and, and I've just been blessed so far that we've had like a constant stream lately of really amazing guests like yourself. But as they said, create a poll. Like if you don't know, or if you're not getting feedback that yep. is like specific enough, or you're feeling like you're not really getting what you, you know, like be, it means that they don't know how to do that for you. And you're creating homework for them. (laughs) Like you're making them think too hard. Absolutely. (laughs) Polls are the best. Yeah. Like of these options, like what sounds interesting to you? And I thought, man, that is a good idea, you know, because you're right. Like sometimes if it's like just a blanket question, like what would you like to hear about or what would be interesting? Like, you know, that's just too hard. Like people just are, they're going to move on. You know what I mean? But if you say like, What of these options would be the most interesting to you? They're more likely to engage with that. And things like Facebook and other platforms make it really easy to do those types of things. So I think... Yes. Oh
1: my gosh. Facebook groups are the place, guys. Like, I mean, you know, obviously, but... Gosh, I admin for several Facebook groups that I created. And let me tell you, like I have a Los Angeles Psalm community group, which is all wine professionals that have been part of our like tastings and stuff. And they're like regular members, you know? And I get uh, if there's 145 people in the group, I get 130 seeing every single post. That's, like it's it's insane the engagement is so high yeah and it's okay, quick too.
0: Listening from christy's yeah i'm telling you <laughs> i don't use podcast. facebook come on over to the client experience I, yes <laughs> yes i'm in there let's go yeah. um, <laughs>
1: honestly though it's, it's incredible for sure yeah and i i just think you know if you just focus on providing value first and not looking for money. Because ultimately, like with my wine course, if this was a cash grab, I could have done things very, very differently. Honestly, I wanted to create something that was going to last the the test of time and, you know, be something that could be used as restaurant trainings. You know, I have like packages essentially that are really cheap per person. Because honestly, I would give this away for free. I mean, I did. So when the pandemic hit, I offered it for free for all hospitality professionals that were out of work wow. with a 2 week time limit and no graduation pin, right? Because I was like, okay, I can't ship out pins for everybody obviously, you know. Right. I had 7000 requests for codes in the month of April to like mid-May. That's insane. And and all I did was drop it into six different Facebook groups like hospitality groups. That's all I did. And I had so many requests. I was I created a form basically and I would send out a new code every day. I Got so much wonderful content feedback, like people following me. Like it was incredible. My follower count like grew so much, you know, like almost thirty thousand now on Instagram. And it's incredible. And actually, so many people wanted the graduation pin. and I had was really adamant at first. I was like, no, because you know my fulfillment company was like really slow, honestly, because of the pandemic that like, they scaled down. And so in my mind at first I was like there's no possible way. And when I think there's no possible way, that's a moment to me where I have to check myself and be yeah. like wait, 100% is yeah. possible 100% of the time. And so I reached out to one of my girlfriends, she's brilliant. So she like found these wig holders online that she like off Alibaba and she was like these are the best wig holders. She wears a wig every single day, like she loves them. And so I and she like basically created a Shopify page and just started selling it, right? And I asked her I was like how do I ship you know hundreds of things at the same time and she was like oh yeah download this program it's like 25 bucks a month and it you know does all of your custom settings just in case you have international like it was so easy it's like one yeah. click it buys all the stamps I got a thermal printer and now I I mean I shipped hundreds and hundreds of pins to all these people that really wanted it I made it like ten dollars plus shipping it was like 2 dollars domestic you know and yeah. so many people wanted it because it was just like that tangible thing yeah. and you know so many people bought t-shirts out After the course, even though they, you know, I I think it was just like having that good juju and energy into the world. But my intention with it wasn't to make money at all. You know, I mean, I was just like, hey, everybody's at home. You know, this will help servers and bartenders make more money like down the line. And I think that, you know, more people, especially right now during this time... You know, provide value without asking for anything in return. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like when you're creating, and like for anybody who's looking to do Facebook ads or Google ads or something like that, the first ad that you do, Is an awareness ad. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is just something to provide value without asking for anything in return, right? It's just like, for instance, we are running an ad on one of my old YouTube videos that's like really fun. It's called The 10 Commandments of Wine. It's probably my favorite. It's like five minutes. And we ran it and we had 20,000 views on $20. -hmm. And, you know, we had hundreds of people that actually watched all the way to the end. And it's so important to just provide value without seeking anything in return at first, you know? And that's, I think, how you create a really engaged audience as well, you know? And then also checking back. So not only am I like, not only did I do this for, you know, people requesting codes, but now it's about going back and checking on how they're doing, you know? And like actually writing these emails and just checking in and saying hello. Uh, because things are getting really hard, and and I think that you know we need to not think about customers just as like money thing. They're like it's, you know they're, they're yeah they're people they're people. Like how many people are you calling that have supported you in the past? You know I don't think of myself as like an influencer. <laughs> I think of I just I feel like we're all just people, and no matter what your follower count is, how big or how small, you know in my industry people would say i have a big following i think i have a very small following um in the scheme of things but i know people with smaller followings than i do who won't pick up the phone or answer a dm right you know and and yeah. i just think like you know what this one time this guy made a really kind of creepy comment in my dms it was supposed to be like complimentary but it was kind of like oh nice legs or something but like talking about the wine or something it was just like weird it was a weird dm okay and his profile picture was of a dog and there was nothing in his bio and I responded with a heart because I was like, you know what? Maybe he's not trying to be weird. I'm not just going to block him. Turns out he's the vice president of sales of one of the most famous wine brands in the United States. (laughs) The bottles that he sells are go for over $1,000. We sell them at Spago. I mean, it was like, holy crap. And if had I not responded positively just to that one interaction... I, and actually, he basically gifted me some of his personal collection for me to sell, and it helped me raise more money for the wine course too. He was like a private sponsor. He just gave me some wine and said, sell it, you know, go, go, you know, and, and it was a huge, huge blessing. And it just reminds me every day that every interaction Gets to be positive. One hundred percent of my DMs get to be answered. A hundred percent of my emails get to be answered. You know, I think it's so important to take time for people and just I, I show people how my tasting group works. I give them templates. I literally have a template that I have gone over with tons of people all over the country so that they can start doing it for themselves. Because it's like if they have the network, they can also be charging PR teams to host master classes, right? Like. It takes a lot of work and time, but it's possible for everybody. And you know, there's enough room for all of us. Agree. And I think, yeah. And building leaders, like it doesn't take away from you. Like you don't need to be worried. Like I'm actively building my leadership underneath me, and I'm not just like giving it to them to like pawn it off me. I'm with them side by side. Yeah. You know, they're, they're. I want people to see them with me. They're they're next to me, pinned on the Zoom. Because yes. I want people to see their face and associate them with me. Right. And it's like the more people who are the building this infrastructure, then it gives me flexibility and freedom too. Yeah. And I know that and people aren't beholden to me. And, you know, like, God forbid, I always say like, you know, if I go crazy and, you know, got become like, I don't know, just a psycho, you know, some things happen. You could have like a mental <laughs> yeah. imbalance. But I would want to create something where like, they could like, break off of me if they needed to, right? Cuz sometimes you have to like cut your own CEO, you know. <laughs> and I believe that you should have a system um, in a business or whatever that you're doing where like it's not all beholden to you. Yes. Right. I'm
0: going to say that you know, I mean, obviously we're in very very different industries, but one of the the core services that my company Link Consulting Solutions provides is virtual assistant matchmaking. And this is something that people do on their own all the time. Like not everybody needs somebody to go out and find an outsourced virtual assistant for them. And I always put on my proposal like of the options that they so I you know, like the number one option that they have in terms of action items from this proposal is they can work with me because we will find them the perfect person. The number two is you can totally do this yourself. Here's the website that we use. Number two is like wing it. Like Fiverr, Upwork, like whatever. Like, it's not like I don't feel like I have to like keep it all to myself. Like, ooh, this is the website that I use. And this is like- That's so great. The the reason why people work with me is number one, I'm a fucking badass. Number two- You are. (laughs) (laughs) You are. People don't want to do that. Like they don't want to take- Yes. Through all the applications and- Yeah. Screening the interviews. And we're really good at it. And we're really passionate about it because not only does it provide- a service for our clients who are primarily female entrepreneurs who are like solopreneurs and doing way too much on their own. But it also provides a job for a woman in the Philippines who then yes. becomes an entrepreneur. You know, like that's okay if you want to do it yourself, but there's always going to be the one person out there who's going to want what we have. So I'm not going to hide what I have. I will provide you all that information. You go get it if that's what's best for you. Because the next person is going to be the exact right person for me. And there's no like bad or ill feelings about it. That's
1: amazing. That's so amazing because even if they actually feel like they can do that themselves, they might have somebody else who's just so stressed and they just yeah. want it done for them and they'll refer them to you. Like that's Absolutely. an amazing business model. Wow. Like I have somebody I want to refer to you now just Yay! for you saying that. Yeah, and but, oh and that's another connection she and I have too cuz I have a virtual assistant. I've had her for 3 years. Her name's JC. She's in the Philippines and she is like my right arm like yes. she is oh amazing and ultimately like and she's super organized and likes doing like mundane tedious tasks like she yes. actually enjoys like copy and pasting like templates for hundreds of people for emails and so yes. like, like she's amazing she's like I love her she's my tan she, exactly <laughs> yes and honestly it's so inexpensive like in the scheme of things and it'll and especially for like a budding business owner yes. I can't recommend it enough because It allows me to leverage my strengths and let go of my weaknesses and let somebody else do that. So, I rate everything that I do. So, this was like three years ago. I made a list of everything that I do in a day and I rated them from one to 10 of how much I hate that thing. And the things that I hated the most, I outsourced. So, I did everything literally one week. I outsourced everything that I did, like including my laundry having it folded. I uh, ordered my groceries online. I did everything yep. just to see for one week what it would be like and what kind of mental space and mental energy because some things don't take a lot of time at all, but they take up a huge amount of space in your brain and yeah. so much energy and it like debilitates you. And so it's like, how can I let go of that? And is it worth paying somebody 7 to $10 an hour to do that, right? In the Philippines, like literally, I started JC, she was making $7.25 an hour plus PayPal fees. And she makes more now, but like that's because her performance has been so amazing. But at the time, it was like so worth it. And, you know, she, uh, she, you know... I allow her to make decisions on her own, you know? And so she handles so much that just brings me and bogs me down so incredibly much. So just can't recommend it enough. Virtual assistant all the way. I love... All the way.
0: One (laughs) of the things that that you said was, if you said that it's impossible, then you know that it's possible. One of the things that I always say to myself is, if I say, oh, I have to that
1: phrase, No, I get to.
0: Oh, I have to. Then I stop myself and say, do I have to do that thing? Do I? Ooh, that's good. You know, do I have to want to help me? And the other thing that you said that cracked me up because we literally just made a thing that I'm probably going to make a lead magnet is like, I always tell people when you're thinking and overwhelmed with what you're going to delegate to your virtual assistant, start with the things. Number one, the things that you hate the most. Number two, the things that you procrastinate. And number three, the things that need to get done that are not getting done. For me, that was my checkbook. Like I like needed to do that, but I could not get it done because it just wasn't in, on the list. You know what I mean? And so I ended up finding somebody that I trust that can help me pay my bills. And, you know, like that's not for everybody, but that's yeah. what that for me. Yeah.
1: And I find that because I've like helped a lot of my friends get virtual assistants too. And the biggest thing is when people have like a controlling or analyzer kind of personality, it becomes really difficult to delegate. And what happens, I think, with most people is they think like, oh, well, how could possibly somebody do, you know, what I do? And they think about these big kind of arbitrary things that are on their mind. But Really, it's just like the it's simple the things, stuff. you know? And, and honestly, it takes a very short amount of time to delegate the... And, and all you have to do is like sit down and write a system, if this, then that. Yes. And have a template. It doesn't have to be them doing the copywriting. You can literally have a template of what yeah. they need to do. And it is so easy. And it's just like, who can help with the data entry? Like, what's the... What actually requires me... Yeah. That's a great thing. And, but I, I say that, you know, change your words, change your life. And so whenever I say that I have to do something, I say, I get to, I, and I never say have to, I eradicate. I have to, in my vocabulary, in my regular life, because I get to wake up and be blessed. And I have a studio apartment that I love. I get to build my business and, and work towards my vision. And how blessed am I to be able to wake up in America, even though we're in a pandemic? Like We have opportunity right now. We have an insane amount of opportunity because a lot of people are sleeping. People, A lot of people are hibernating and making sourdough. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Because some people just need to do that and they need to be in their own space. But right now is a time where if you are good with stress management or if you have... Extra funds because you were fiscally responsible. Like there's so much opportunity right now to just make a difference, not only for yourself, but for others. And and providing value shifting with the times. Like I just planned, you know, you know, six months ago, I was like, oh, well, this will probably go till next year. And I didn't know, you know, but I just saw the numbers. I was watching the COVID numbers and I was like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could buy a thousand of these mini bottles and then we stop and then I sell them. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no risk. There's no risk. And trying, I feel like we constantly get to shift out of our comfort comfort zone. I call it stretching. Yeah. So like I, when I was, I was doing that, this leadership group and I, somebody said, you know, there's a, there's one of the captain roles that I really don't think that I want to do because, you know, it's, I feel like that one's going to take up a lot of time. And my job is, you know, kind of on call sometimes. And I was like, well, I was like, I'm unattached with which captainship position that you want to be in, but my recommendation is to do that one because you know you're going to have other things in your life when you get married or you know um, when you have something that really matters to you, and you need to learn how to shift everything around your vision, and yeah. that you you don't get to be beholden to your job. So, like, what would it be like to create that space and make it happen? Be 100% committed because 100% commitment is so much easier than 99%. True. Does that make sense? It's just like, if you are 100%, like there's no other option other than getting the thing done. And I always set by when deadlines. So when my friends say like, oh, well, you know, I'll have it done on Tuesday. I'll ask them what time on Tuesday, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, if my girlfriend is upset that she's not drinking enough water and her skin sucks or something, then I'll say, okay, well, you know, uh, by 12 o'clock noon, how much water are you going to drink? You know, and, and, and uh, also allowing people to set their own guidelines is really magical cuz like when my employees for instance if they say to me like okay like this needs to get done i ask them by when they think that they can finish it so i'm actually holding them to their own deadline and goal so it's not like they can be a victim to me and say oh well you know she only gave me 12 hours it's like what i don't care when do you when are you going to get it done by and then if they don't, then it's like you discuss like the boundary and you're like, okay, well, what happened? Like, what was the breakdown? Okay. Like, how can we fix this going forward? And then what's your new commitment? Right. And it makes it yeah. super, super clear with like, you know, because there's always projects and, you know, things pile up and whatever, but it's like, you know, how could we s- communicate more effectively? You know, maybe it's that.
0: And I feel like I haven't had a conversation
1: like this in a long time because oh, like, oh, you yeah, know, just forgot.
0: kind of like, Christy, what? I forgot. What? I was going to start by saying, imagine with my little hands underneath my chin, and I'm going to say, so tell me how you got into wine. Oh my (laughs) gosh,
1: she knows that. Honestly, I'm very grateful to be on lots of different podcasts. I'm so grateful that people want me as a guest, but it's hilarious because most people all start with How did you get into wine? So tell us your story about that. And what I really longed for is to talk about, you know, strategy and business and and mindset, because I think that the thing that, you know, I'm in wine right now and I'm going to be building more courses. We have a lot more stuff in the works. I have a master sake sommelier that's helping me with a sake 101 course. Like, I mean, we're expanding for sure, but. Ultimately, you know, I think that I have a lot more to contribute to this world than just being necessarily strictly in the wine industry. There's, and all of the things that I'm learning can be applied to different industries. So anybody listening to this, I feel I like can get value from some of the mindset entrepreneurial things that I do. And so it's just an honor to be able to share some of these things. So thank you for giving me this space because it feels so good.
0: It feels so good to have you on here. Well, I always, I always ask two questions. I want to make sure that I don't forget to do that. So the first one is, and it can be about anything, but I would love for it to be about, you know, about your entre- entrepreneurial mindset or about, you know, you the way that you go for your goals or about any of those things. But if, if they walk away with just one thing from this interview, what would be the one thing that you would want um, the audience to really take to heart and to really ingest, ingest? about your story?
1: Start early. And if you feel like your product is 100% done, you've launched too late. It's never going to be perfect. And maybe with a book, it's a little bit different. But I'm talking about start early. It's never going to be perfect at the beginning. And you can always fix it and grow. And I think people are so concerned about what it looks like, you know, on the launch and stuff like that. But especially as like a small business owner, if you have an idea, just get going. That's the number one thing. And I think providing value, money will come. And if you just keep providing value, you can always tweak things and make things better. Like your first product packaging does not have to be your final product packaging. You know, you'll always find better ways and request support because there's a lot of people. And I think the biggest thing for me was allowing people to give me support. And and knowing that when, when you allow somebody to give, it makes them feel good too. And so to not... To, yeah, just to, to give people that opportunity. And I think the last thing is haters are going to hate. And <laughs> haters Bruce are going to hate... Famous. Haters are going to hate and it's so interesting. I can't... I just do want to share this. I got a message yesterday from a master of wine and they said that you know I had liked one of their comments they they made a pun on somebody else's page and I liked their comment and they messaged me and they said hey you know I just wanted to let you know like I've seen you for years like you made these brilliant videos like I'm so proud of everything that you've done and you've made the elders like take notice to see how we can do things differently and for a very long time you know people just made fun of me and they trashed me in facebook groups and all this stuff and I just kept my blinders on. I never talked about it because it doesn't matter because it didn't. It was like, you're going to attract the weirdos that want to be with you and the people who don't will just not want to be with you. You know what I mean? And so just show your weirdness, show what makes you uniquely you because that is really what's going to get people to be like loyal followers and and like just connections like actually being intimately connected with people you know somebody ran up to me and gave me a big hug after they watched all my youtube videos they like binge watch because you get and i felt like i had known them for 10 years because when you're authentically yourself in whatever content that you're producing or whatever it's just like people are attracted to that and they know you and they feel comfortable with you and Having you know five legit customers who will buy your products is so much more valuable than having fifty thousand followers that you know don't give a shit about you.
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then, Christy, what would you say is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? And that could be anybody.
1: The best piece of advice that I have ever been given. Well, you don't have to be experienced to get going and to teach others. I always felt like I needed to be older or I needed to be more whatever. And it's like I was working at a top-tier restaurant. I had experience with thousands of labels of wine. I had been studying my ass off and I still didn't feel worthy of being a SOM or whatever. And one time I met this guy who was about 45. He had been a lawyer. He was in the military and he was brokering wine And he was selling all these crazy bottles to all these rich people. And that was his main business. And he talked like he was a master psalm. And when he was in my tasting group one day, I realized he knew absolutely nothing. And so it wasn't something that he directly said to me, but it was a huge moment for me because I was like, Wow, like I know so much more than this guy. And I'm walking around being apologetic for existing. And yet he is crushing it just because he's an older white male. I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that way anymore. I'm not going to sit back and make myself small because I feel like I'm not worthy. I am worthy. And the more that people see people like me succeeding, which is I'm a young Asian woman, it opens the door for so many other people, you know, and like with this whole black lives matter movement finally happening you know seeing these black men and women that are being celebrated in our industry is good for everybody it you is. know it's so good for everybody and so that's why it's just like incredible and i'm very grateful you know being kind of some of one of the trailblazers of our industry it it has been very difficult you know like i dealt with a lot of animosity and i i even made a rap Video that was a parody of myself. It was called Cabernet and Caviar, which is like a huge faux pas. But it was just, and it had a Ferrari in it. I was in a bathtub of corks with a blue bob wig. I mean, it was like the there was a smoke machine. Like, I mean, it was extra as hell. Okay, and it was a parody of myself. Like, I wanted to just be totally outrageous. It's like you guys think I'm outrageous. Let me give you some more of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and but it was something that I always wanted to do. And like it honestly is it feels very fulfilling you know and just being able to be myself and not worrying about being misunderstood i think as a woman people always they always want to talk about you know what you look like or what you sound like or how likable you are you know or how aggressive you are how bitchy you are whatever and it's just like so exhausting and I stopped looking at myself as a woman first. And I just started... Because I realized at one point, I did this leadership program and I noticed that all of my actions were through a subconscious filter of how can I be a good woman first? Mm. And then I was a leader second. And so I got rid of that part of me because I was like, okay, what would I do not thinking that I'm a female or how a woman should behave or whatever? Like, How would I just act if I could do anything that I want? And so I kind of like, I I am a woman, obviously, and I I consider myself a woman, but I don't consider any of my actions through that lens first. Does that make sense? Yeah, it
0: does. I love that. And I think we have to, I mean, because honestly, even if we are, I mean, obviously your industry is uh, very male dominated, but I mean, business in general is male dominated. And so we have to look at ourselves as CEO first, founder first you know, Totally. First.
1: And totally.
0: so I think that that, I, I love that all of that advice, all of those, you know, little nuggets of wisdom, they are yeah. just precious. And I yeah love it so much. Well, Christy, I yeah. link all of your social media profiles. Everybody's uh, going to be able to get a hold. Please follow Christy.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, and talk Thank to me too. I actually, yeah. I'm, I answer a hundred percent of my DMS. I I really do. And so if you want to chat or talk more, like I would love to connect with anybody who's listening, who's gotten this far and get some feedback or just like connect over something else. Like, you know, I really truly like, I want to connect, especially if you know, you're a female here too. I think like, you know, connecting female entrepreneurs is just so important and like sharing resources and just becoming friends. Like we just all need to support each other right now. And I'm just down to meet all of you. for
0: real. Love it. Me too. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, Christy, for joining us. And thank you audience for being with us on this fun ride where we get to explore all things business, all things heart. And this has been another episode of the Client Experience Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez. I'm really proud to be with you here today and every week. And we will see you next time.